everybody. Welcome to another comic episode of Game My Mom Found. I am Mike Alberton, and who's with me tonight? I am Peter Bingham Pankratz. Welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back <laughs> once again. I suppose I should have thought of a, a weird name for myself, you know, like uh, uh, Red Two or something. I mean, everything in this in this book is like uh, like Cedrus is one of the names, or kind of yeah. what are some of the other names that are like just I don't know a lot of weird names in this book. I feel or names that just kind of like come out of nowhere. Characters well, that, but you know this famous character we never introduced before yet. <laughs> right, it's well, part of point. the fun. It's part of the fun. Oh, and Peter, where might people know you from? Well, uh, I have a series of books out, science fiction novels. Uh, the first one is called The Fifth Civilization, and uh, if you haven't read it yet, check it out. It's kind of a good sci-fi adventure with lots of cool stuff going on. All right, one day, <laughs> one day I'll read it. One day, eventually, you'll get to it. And you are here to join me to talk about Star Wars Dark Empire 2 and Empire's End to wrap out, wrap up the Dark Empire little comic series. This, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Star Wars Dark Empire. It came out in 1994 to 1995 in a six, six issue monthly series that I have right. never I've never read before. Yeah, uh, it's one of the uh, for me is one of the most important comics that I read growing up because I think it was. I, I didn't really read the Marvel issues. I got into it in the Dark Horse era. So I think this was the first one I picked up. And this is, of course, in the in the dark times of Star Wars before even the special editions were out. I was reading this one and this kind of got me on the Star Wars Star Wars kick. You know, I can I forget. Yeah, good point, because this is all before when did the prequels come out, like late 90s, right? Uh, people came out in 99. For okay. a long time in the 90s, there was always rumors that they would be coming out. But. For a long time, we just all we had were comic books and novels and assorted video games. And that's how you got your Star Wars fix. There were no movies. And as far as we knew, there probably wouldn't be movies. So. You know, if we only knew that wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did cover Star Wars Dark Empire on an early episode, so we're not really going to touch on that. There will be spoilers, but this is no longer canon. This is legends. And this is from 1995. So, you know, right. 25 years. It doesn't matter. But. So we're not going to talk about Dark Empire, but go check out that earlier episode to get caught up in the first six issues of the series. Because this takes place, I think, six months after the end of the first Dark Empire. Yeah, something like that. It, I think in the opening text, it says something like that. And it supposedly takes place. Uh, what did you cut? I think it takes place six years after Return of the Jedi as well. So, OK, I, I, I remember somebody said something about 10 years, but maybe they were talking about. The battle, I think it was 10 years from the Battle of Yavin. And mm. so, so, but then I think six years since the Battle of Endor. So the timeline's a little, yeah. So six years after the Emperor has supposedly died. He to catch die. up, of course, in Dark Empire 1, it finds out that the Emperor has returned through cloning. And he wants, he wants to take the galaxy once again. Imagine that. An evil guy <laughs> wants to still be evil. Wow. It's, and then, you know, then no one's ever used that plot ever again. Nope, he never came back. They just retired him, and that was the end of that. Yep. Right, exactly. <laughs> this book, one, it's the same artist, it's the same writer. The art style is still the same. It's very artistic-y. Like, it's very, like, certain colors are used all the time. Yeah. The face still can't draw women. But <laughs> Yeah, each scene, each, like, battle vignette has its own color palette. It's, it's done in watercolors. It's done in a very unique style, in my opinion, that I like. Um, it's good art. It's better art in this one than it was in the first one, even though I know it's the same artist, same style. Yeah. I, I felt that it was better. Maybe because more people are wearing masks. It could this. be, yeah. 
and there's less women. Like Leia's in this, but Leia's always off away, so she was drawn. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they, maybe somebody else, you know, criticized what you criticized last episode, like the drawing of Leia. I know I criticize that a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I, so, I, yeah. So the book gets introduced. You're on a star destroyer, and you get introduced to a few different. I think they're are they are they called dark Jedi? Is that what they call them? Or yeah, they're dark, dark Jedi. They're dark side adepts, but for our purposes, we can call them dark Jedi. Okay, so these were Jedi that then joined Palpatine back at the end of Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith, I assume. I think some of them were. I think some of them were also just like people who use the dark side and just somehow somehow came into into being. They don't really explain it in the book. They just kind of the the only line they use to to kind of say it is the evil ruler initiated an elite core of seven warriors whom he empowered with the dark side of the force. These dark Jedi were authorized to put in action his master plan to protect the galaxy and that's it that's all you get for this book you get that he had warriors i don't think they were old guard i think they were kind of just trained people he had trained to help him out in the dark side but there's no more explanation given really but they are they are kind of like the the main henchmen throughout the book the main villain being executor cedrus um for a bit for a bit for like the first half of the book and yeah, because he's he's the because at this point Palpatine is dead, and you have him right kind of in charge of the Empire, and it starts off with some planet that made weapons for the Empire, but decided that they didn't want to make weapons anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like this. Yeah, it's a good kind of dynamic where you kind of see how this is a neutral planet, and you know it the em- the Empire wants it for their weapons, but they want to be independent. So there's like a big battle that starts off the book. Or it starts off this comic, and it's 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 kind of it keeps it keeps one up against itself page after page, and I think it's a really great start to it. Are these supposed to be dark troopers? They do mention that. I saw uh, that word in here. They are in the book, and I think I don't know if they're quite the dark forces dark troopers, <laughs> um, but you know they do mention that term. So it could just be they were using the term, or it could be that this is their adaptation of that, but. The first few battles, there are a lot of robot and robot fighting. You know, there are people who look like stormtroopers with droid armor fighting. You know, these yeah. other these other weapons that this neutral planet has armed itself with. And this neutral planet kicks ass. Yeah, it keeps one upping. Like they have, oh, they have the, the ten models. Like the Empire is fighting with S nine models, but the planet has S ten models. And then you know, Executor Cedrus is like, well. We have to bring in the shadow droids. I like the shadow droids. Those yeah. are like stealth little ships that are that are all controlled by yeah computers. Yeah, they're uh, they're like automated, you know, robots infused with the dark side, and they look like black <laughs> and sleek, whatever that means. How do you infuse a robot with the dark side? <laughs> you know, it's like you know a pumpkin spice infusion. You know, it just mix a little bit in there, and the droid brain, and you'll be set. I mean, Jedi is a religion, <laughs> you know, I mean, Sith is a religion when it comes down to it. Yeah, they don't. I guess they're a force. They're imbued with the bad side of the force. You know, they don't ex- they don't explain it. They just no, you're just supposed to accept it happens. This is when you see the weird and all this is also the same planet that built the world devastators from the right. first Dark Empire. Yeah. So they're like they're like big, big in the Empire. But the Emperor's dead, they say. So why they're like, why should we contract to you anymore? I like that, though. I like seeing the the remnants of the Empire kind of falling apart because it's like he's been dead at this point for six years and he died again. And I'm assuming most people wouldn't even know he was around at that time. So it right. 
I like that dynamic because you would have planets starting to rebel against an empire because the empire was all based on one person and it didn't even last that long. It was only really around for what twenty years or so, I think. Palpatine yeah. in power, not long. It's not. Yeah, it's not really long when you think about it. No, there's more Star Trek seasons than he was in charge. You know, become <laughs> right? Star Trek. Yeah, that's for sure. So what you're saying is Star Trek was more part of our heritage than the Empire was part of the Star Wars heritage. Yeah. Well, how many things have been around for 20 years? I mean, you know, the Empire was only around as long as, I don't know, as long as we've had, God, I can't even think, American Idol, I guess, you know? <laughs> cell phones? Uh, no, yeah. we had cell phones longer. Smartphones, smartphones like early 2000s? Mid-2000s, I think. So the, the Empire is almost was all around only as long as, you know, when the, I, the iPod, that's what it is. The Empire is <laughs> only as old as the iPod, and then they weren't around anymore. It's yeah, just funny thinking about that. Like, he, you know, he had this whole grand scheme, and he didn't last that long. No, it should have been 100 years. Yeah, I mean, that's what he planned for. And that's also in this book, like, when they bring the stealth droids, you see these weird tank things that look like they have tentacles, models, or something. Yeah. I like them. I mean, they're like the new, more powerful walkers that are protected against. They're protected against, like, shots. Like, they can take the energy beams, and they reflect it and stuff. Yeah, they have molecular shielding, which absorbs the beams and fires them back. Isn't that in in Star Wars? I mean, Star Trek? I think they did something like that in, in, um, maybe the Borg had that, if I remember. Or they did something like that in Voyager. I can't remember exactly, but... Because as a guy who's been watching Enterprise nonstop, I can tell you the Borg do have the the shields that, you know, change with the frequency of your phasers. Yeah. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, there's probably something like that in there. I mean, Enterprise had a whole a whole lot of different things that, you know, we could do. We had to devote a whole season of episodes to Enterprise. <laughs> we might have at some point more been of it. been a but... long road. Okay. I, I love that show, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so so the, the new tentacle droids, the new kind of like bug-shaped droids defeat the shadow droids by pulling them out of the sky. And, you know, Executor Cedrus and the rest of the dark side is very upset by this. So they negotiate a deal to be like, all right, you, we'll buy these droids from you and we won't obliterate your planet. And everybody's fine with that. And it, and uh, so Executor Cedra says, I don't have to waste my time with these people. I got a new enemy to worry about. And then it cuts to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't really be a new enemy to worry about, but what? <laughs> He's got a more important adversary, I should okay. say. Everybody, everybody's against Luke in these comics. Yeah, and this Luke is... is- I like seeing the Rebel fleet, and you see the fact that they have one of the Devastators from the first from the first yeah. series. I like they that. Now they don't. Sense. One thing they don't do in these books is kind of mention the Republic. And what I what I read was because this um, it's all the Rebel Alliance, and it's not really a sense that it's like a government. Which in the old canon, at this point, it was a it was like a new Republic. It was the government, and they had oh. a a seat of armor. So they don't really explain why that's different. the The real reason is that these comics were kind of designed right before the Timothy Zahn novels. So they don't oh. exactly have the same continuity. Okay. These came out before here, the empire then, or they, right? They, they came out at, they came out the same year, I think 90, 91 or 92. Um, but they were designed beforehand and they only very loosely follow that plot line only follow that continuity. So there's some elements of it in there, but it was all developed before that was on track. So there's kind of so some discrepancy there. So there's the rebels are kind of moving from base to base, whereas in the books and other things, they were established as on Coruscant and other planets at this time. So it's a minor, it's a kind of a minor difference, but okay. 
because I, I was reading a, or watching a bunch of stuff that was talking about the different what was going on in the in in first canon versus you know what what is legend now, and they did talk about how at this point they had already set up a whole government. Right. Yeah. And I think this you can just assume that maybe there was some trouble. There was some trouble and they had to abandon Coruscant briefly. And I think that happens kind of in the first book. But again, it's it was designed around the Timothy John novels, not after it. So it has some errors in it, some discontinuity. But nonetheless, there is a rebel base. Uh, Luke appears here at the Pinnacle base, which is the rebel hideout. And he has a Jedi in tow named Cam Solizar, who was a Jedi Knight that he found wasn't he a Darksider? And then he, he was a Darksider. He was one of Palpatine's warriors, but Luke turned him to the light side. And they don't really go much into how it happened. I guess it's in the audio, the audio right. book of this, but it's not in the comic book. <laughs> yeah. And I do remember listening to the audio book many, many years ago. And there is they do have a lightsaber fight. And there's some game that Luke plays to convince to get Cam Solar to come to the light side. But I, it's all hazy now. I'll have to listen to it again someday. But yes, he has a he has a new Jedi Knight. They call him a Jedi Knight. He turned from the dark side. And Cam is kind of like he's kind of like a Han Solo of Jedi Knights. He's kind of wisecracky and gruff. I like him. Yeah, he's cool. Like, this is like the beginning. Is it? I think I want to say this is the beginning of Luke trying to build up the Jedi Temple. Yes. Which I know in the later book, he's a bunch of Jedi. He's been training like what we saw a little bit in the last Jedi in the flashbacks. Yeah, he but, is. He is part of it. Cam is in some of the books. I forget which one, but there's a Jedi Academy trilogy that Cam is in. And there's um, games that follow Jedi Academy, too. There's two of them, at least. Yeah. So he's a character that they put into other. He's a character that they kept going okay. into other works as well. Yeah. And this is when you see that rebel base from the first book, Pinnacle right. Base on that moon. You see Leia and she's pregnant, I think. What, eight, nine months? Like She's very close to having the kid. Yeah, very close. Yeah. And this is when they also find out that Beltane, the planet that was fighting the Empire earlier in the book, is now working with the rebels. And because they don't trust the Empire, because the Empire even said, as soon as we get the weapons, we'll kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> so they're working with the rebels and they like, hey, we're shipping these for the Empire. But if you want to sneak on in, go ahead. Yeah. And this is a good I like how it starts off with this assignment. It's kind of like Return of the Jedi, where they have to Luke wants to, you know, take this the Imperial Capital. Or Bis, uh, Luke wants to liberate other worlds, but the Rebel Alliance, you know, leadership wants to use these droids they're getting to sneak into the Imperial capital and defeat the Emperor once and for all. And so there's kind of a difference between what Luke thinks and, you know, Mon Moth when the rest of them think. Which makes and, sense. Yeah. I mean, Luke is not thinking as a government. He's thinking more as of a religion in a way. Like, he, his whole concern is, I need to resurrect the Jedi. I need, need to bring them back. I need to squash the Empire. I'm not concerned about you fighting a bunch of warlords. Right, exactly. Which fits, I feel like fits Luke well. It fits the character that they were building throughout the series. Yeah, it puts him at odds with the rest of the leadership, which makes him you know, more dramatic and makes him much more of a loner, which I think is more in keeping with his character. Yeah, right. and after Dark Empire, where he pretty much almost joined Palpatine just to, just to trick him, I mean, it makes sense that they're like, eh. He's more of right. a loner, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is also when the, the Jedi cam he brought with him, he shows him that cube from the first Dark Empire, which apparently these cubes are rare because yeah. Clone Wars movie didn't happen yet. <laughs> and you, you see the Jedi that then sends him to a planet, I think, that tells him that if you go to this planet, this is where we'll be or something. Yeah. He the holocron tells him about the planet called Ossus, which 
is I from what I gather, it's like one of the last remnants of the forest. Like it's a planet that's very Im- imbued with the forest. And he's like, you should go there and maybe you'll find or the image of the old prophet says, go there and you'll find some Jedi there. So that's what Luke and Cam decide. Well, we got to go there then. And it doesn't it's very vague. It's very vague set of directions, but they decide to go there anyway. Which makes sense. I mean, you're chasing down leads in this case. Like, yeah. the Jedi are few and far between at this point. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Jedi in this book. One thing I will, I do like, it does set up a lot of, there is a lot of, um, or there is a number of clues about what happened to the Jedi. Um, obviously, this was written before the Clone <laughs> Wars and all that stuff. But you know, there's a nice bit of color. And before before all the stuff about the Clone Wars came out, this is like the only real bits of hint you had about what happened. So it's interesting to see it there. And you can get a sense of where in the 90s where Star Wars was in terms of talking about that stuff. But there's more about that later. We'll get to that later, too. And then it takes you to Bis, which is the big like citadel yeah. space station from the first Dark Empire. And it shows where Palpatine was. And it shows the guards. And it shows all the Darksiders. Yeah. There's a bunch of them together. And I love the scene that you see them destroying the clones. You didn't have one line like, oh, I'm glad that Luke, you know, Luke did most of our job. But he didn't finish it. And they're just killing the rest of Palpatine's clones. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's like it you sense. always love to see the bad guys fighting against each other because that's what bad guys do. And it's just like them slicing through these clones. That's a great image that when I saw the Rise of Skywalker, I hope they'd use that. I hope you get to see other clones and you just see them slicing them open. But alas, they didn't go that route. No. But here, at least, you get to see that. And you already have Cedrus, who kills, I think, two of his people? Two yeah, because he's kills. like, <laughs> he comes in and he says, what do you do? You kill the Emperor's clones. And he's like, well, it's time for you to die. And he just slices them up, cleaves one of them in half. And like we that. see that, yeah, it's it's pretty grisly. This is some grisly executions in here. And this is when Palpatine shows that he's been reborn one more, but he's with a faulty clone, you find out. Right, yeah. Like, it's... He looks really young and youthful in the first few panels, but it's going to change later on. <laughs> it doesn't take long. It no. really shows him by the end of this little series just aging so fast. Yeah. And it's the only clone left to him, and it's an inferior clone. Yeah. Sucks, sucks to be you, I guess. <laughs> that brings us to the second issue. And I got to talk about this cover, because as I've said on the show before, and you well know, I'm a huge fan of Boba Fett. Right. And the second cover is Boba Fett in the cover shooting. And Chewbacca jumping at him in the background. I'm just mm-hmm. like, man, that's a cool cover. You're going to get a print of that someday? I'm going to collect. I'm, I've been meaning once I start going to conventions again, I'm going to hunt down these books. They're not easy to come by. They're not I'll tell you that. <laughs> I working at a comic slash bookstore. I don't see them. I don't think I've seen them once in 10 years. Maybe. Yeah, they they're going to be. A, but I, I, I really want to start finding them. now. You got to find them. I agree with you. They're great. It's a great cover. And it's like, what's going on here? And that's why you got to read the comic to find out. I love the fact that they bring back, you know, Boba Fett in these books. To me, yeah. that's one thing that's really cool. Because I'm, yeah. as anyone knows, I'm a huge freaking fan of Boba Fett. And I yeah. love seeing Boba Fett back in this. And, like, this book opens up where Han and Leia went to, went to Nar Shada again, which is the planet mm-hmm. from the in the first book, right? Yeah, it's the moon of the hut, Nel Hutta. So it's the okay. smuggler's moon of the hut homeworld. And it's and like... It's why? basically one big cantina or one big slum, I guess. So. And why are they doing this again? I forgot what they're they need to for. find uh, the old Jedi woman Bima Deboda. Okay. Uh, who was who? Leia, Leia believed was uh, had force power, so they want to go back to find her. Okay. That's so going to help. She's going to help them out. So that's and why they team up with some of the char- some of the smugglers from the first book. 
Yeah, Solid. so they're like Han's old friends are there to help him out. And, you know, you get to see a bit of his... It's always good to see Han's backstory a little bit. And, you know, they don't, they don't <laughs> spell anything out. They just go, these are his old friends. I thought he grew up on a different planet that he ran away with when he was like 16, 17, right? And then a guard gave him the name Solo? I thought that's what happened. Yeah, they don't talk about that for some reason in this. They don't mention that. <laughs> and then you have the best scene in the entire entire little series. Uh, Boba Fett <laughs> is talking to the Darksiders. And the Darksiders right. are trying to hire him to go get... I think they're trying to go get Anakin Skywalker, the, or the newborn baby that's coming. Yeah. They, they want to know... Um, well, part of the thing is they want to get to the Rebels... But they wanted to use Boba Fett to find, you know, the the Jinnu Jedi child, I believe, Anakin Solo, I believe is the name. Yeah. And so they're interrogating Boba Fett and they say interesting things like, we know you're a stormtrooper. We know you murdered your superior officer, which Which is like, could it be true or could it be not true? You know, who knows? Oh, I thought he was a a clone, you know, a a child of a clone. You're a... (laughs) They don't say, oh, yeah, you're a clone that's out with a New Zealand accent that uh, <laughs> your your father was Django Fett. And he they don't talk about that. Yeah. So of how when when they were doing this and George was like, yeah, who cares? I'm writing my own fiction. He's right. Yeah. Clone. But you kind of get the sense you kind of get the sense that even in this time, no one like he was not going to talk about his past. You know, if you were if you knew who Boba Fett was, like you didn't know anything about his backstory. You certainly didn't know what he looked like or anything. So because he wasn't really much of a character. He's in one scene of Empire Strikes Back. He's in a cartoon that he rides a dog or a big animal. <laughs> right. Looks like an idiot. And he has a third eye on his helmet. And then he's in Return of the Jedi where he just gets smacked around and tossed into a Sarlacc pit like he wasn't. Yeah. I mean, there might have been other. Were there other books this time he would have been in, or comics, or this is really like the beginning of the Renaissance? This was the beginning of the Renaissance. He was in. I know they did a book called series that was quite popular called Tales from the Bounty Hunter. I think it was around this time that did go into his backstory. But again, it was a. It, they framed it in such a way where it's like, oh, this is what people say about Boba Fett. You know, it wasn't like presented as this is the truth about Boba Fett. It was presented this is one story about him. So they were kind of building up as a character that you didn't really know about, enigmatic. Like there was nothing definitive, only rumor about him. Okay. And I think that's what this could be. Like they want to, like the one, the dark side of person says, I want to take off his helmet. I want to see his face. So you get the sense that they don't even know what's under there. Like their records are spotty too about him. Okay. Plus dark empire is all way before we get shadows in the empire, which also has fat. Yeah. It's also yeah, that's also true. That's probably part of the Renaissance as well. Okay, it's a, it's a year later after this book. But yeah, I love how he the Darksiders try to kill him and he just blows up some stormtroopers <laughs> and just right and they just leave him. They have to escape. I yeah, because he's these people are idiots to him and he's like he can so get out of their hair. But I think there's a line here where they there's a misprint because he says he says the realize realize real. Realizing the negotiations are over, Boba Fett dashes for his newly repaired Slave One. I thought it was just called Boba Fett's ship, not Slave One. <laughs> well, you see, in the nineties, Michael, we didn't have a problem with slavery, but you know, <laughs> now we have a problem with slavery. So. <laughs> yeah, but well, for those that don't know, the joke is when Lego made the ship, they called it Boba Fett's ship because they didn't want to put slave in it, which makes yeah. sense. Which just I know why it's called Slave One because of the bounty hunter game explains why the ship is called Slave One because. Jango Fett stole it from a penal colony. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You know, they'll they'll still be slavery in the Star Wars universe. You know, they, as Qui Gon said, he can't free all the slaves. 
it just amuses me little things like that that have changed <laughs> like making my little jokes that's yeah, what I'm doing I, apparently tonight yeah it's it's all part of the disney disney world now mm-hmm. and you do get a lot of good action scenes like you have solo just blowing up a bunch of ships and taking out stormtroopers and yeah you get a you get a lot of good action of them doing whatever they're doing on this planet trying to find this jedi yeah this is this is an action packed. I think this might have been my favorite part of when I was younger. I really liked the Narshada stuff where Boba Fett's after them, and it's like the dark side people are going through the alleyways of this planet, just mowing down people, being like, "Just kill everybody! I want I want to kill the Jedi." And kind of the great scene. There's one where the dark side, the stormtroopers shooting to the crowd, and the dark side is like, "We Cedric already knows about her. He wants her dead." And it's like. That's just a great villainous moment. And I do like just a scene where they go in some bar and you see like a, a part of a pie that's being fed to some Wookiees with eyeballs and like. Yeah, Diagnogo Pie. <laughs> and there's another Wookiee there. Yeah, it's like a great cantina scene. There's a lot of cool stuff in this. And, and this is when Han Solo ends up. He, he, he runs into Boba Fett around this point, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, so they, they meet some bounty hunters. So Leia, Chewie, and Han are met by bounty hunters who all want to get them for killing Jabba. Uh, but they escape, of course. The Vineyards <laughs> fight amongst themselves, and they're like, oh no, we gotta get out of here. We're, like, unwelcome. So... And this is when Boba Fett yeah. then chases after them while they're driving to, like, alleyways and stuff. Yeah, so the Millennium Falcon and Slave One meet up in this giant tunnel that is hidden behind an like, advertising hollow screen, it calls it. I like that. It reminds me of yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah, it is very Blade Runner-esque. Like, you can... It, it's like you can see, like, a giant woman advertising you know coca-cola or something in here somewhere and yeah they're like they're flying through the shaft they're playing chicken basically and in this great scene the Millennium falcon rams slave one and knocks off its stabilizer and it's like well if it barely survives but then the money falcon punches out of this billboard and a huge explosion it's like wow what a great that's a great scene <laughs> just like very well illustrated and this is when you have them as they fly off they end yeah. up finding the Jedi they've been looking for, who's an old lady just hiding and screaming. Yeah. And so she was, it says here she's a set in from Nomi's Sunrider. And I looked at Nomi's Sunrider was from a Marvel comic. I think Tales of the Jedi was a comic. I think it was Marvel, maybe it was Dark Horse. Anyway, it was some Star Wars comic a few years before this that they introduced this Jedi from the Old Republic. And so she was supposed to be the great, great granddaughter of this old Jedi. Okay. And this I don't is, know much about that era, but all I know is that she's related to that comic series. And this is when Boba Fett shows up, and I think, doesn't he... Yeah. Okay, and the Wookiee stayed behind, because Chewbacca stayed behind at the ship to clean off the ship, and then yeah. Boba Fett approaches them, and then this is when Chewbacca, like, jumps on him, and then yeah, gets shot. So, yeah, Boba Fett <laughs> shoots him point blank, and Chewie goes down, he's like, the Wookiee's dead, Zillow. Gave yourself up for the same goes for you, but Chewie's not dead. <laughs> Chewie sneaks up behind him, tears off his helmet, and then hits his jetpack, and his jetpack flies into the ceiling. You're like, oh, damn. Best to buy his jetpack again. Wouldn't he be pretty, like, I feel like you'd be dead if you just went hit first <laughs> into the ceiling with no helmet. Unless you're Boba Fett, yes. Yeah, he I doesn't die. If you, yeah, if your skull would be crushed, a real person would skull would be crushed. But alas, yeah. this is not a real. This is Star Wars, so the villain can't die that way. It has to be another way. You have to go in a starlight pit and then not come back till right. 30 years later. When you find in the desert wandering around the second season. Who knows of the what's show. going on there, yeah. Yeah, we all have to find out in this December. Disney Plus. And I um, like how you have you have Chewbacca holding the helmet in one panel. Hey. <laughs> just took the helmet and I think <laughs> with them. That'd be a great trophy, I should think. 
Yeah, I mean, and then you see the Darksiders again, the few of them, and they're, you know, piloting some ship and they're trying to take out. Yeah. Solo, and I think somebody, one of Solo's friends turns on him, right? That's what this is? Yeah. I, so the Darksiders are just Star Destroyer, but this dark uh, this uh, friend of his uh, is in a control tower and is like, I'm, I've given you up, Solo, the money's too good. And they launch, a, Star Destroyer launches a tractor beam on the Millennium Falcon, but Han Solo is one step ahead, so he flies underneath the control tower. The tractor beam hits the control tower. And it's like a giant spike thrust up into the Star Destroyer and basically knocks it out. It's like it hit the right one spot that would destroy the machine, and it, <laughs> it collapses into the planet, possibly killing thousands of people in process. In the yeah. process. If you think I about mean, it. It also destroys the Star Destroyer, too, because you just, you just got hit with a freaking building that went through it. Yeah. I mean... In real Everybody life, that'd be very dead. catastrophic if your spaceship was hit by a gigantic building. And then your spaceship would hit the planet or hit whatever <laughs> the hell it hits, and that would kill more people. So, yeah, a lot of people died just now. But it's a great one-page, you know, image. Well, the art is, is good in this. And, again, there's less people up close or less women, so art's great. Yeah, I think ships, the ship stuff is great. All that right. stuff is excellent. This guy, uh, Tom, no, uh, Cam Kennedy is a very good artist. It's just... I don't like the way he draws women's faces. Yeah. But that's I think that's a me thing, partly. And I think I think you're probably right. His art was criticized. Um, I was looking online at reviews and, you know, just going through, say, Goodreads and stuff. And people people do not like this comic, like even more than I did like the first one. And part of it's the art. And I just don't understand it. It's I'm, very styled. It's very styled. And I'm 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 happy if for once in a while, if they do something different with comics and a lot of the star Wars already comics is very similar. Like it looks more realistic and this is like very styled and colorful. And I think it's fine that they did something different. I'm a big defender of the art here. So I, I like, I like it for the most part in this book. Yeah. And I want to talk about the third issue cover, <laughs> which I find amusing. So the third issue cover, you have a tree, you have Luke and cam and you have a girl like tied up to the tree by the tree yeah. roots. It's, it's kind of S and M. Oh yeah. It amused me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, where's this book? Where's this issue gonna go? Or like, yeah, it's like, or like heavy metal or something, you know? It's like, wow, this is what's going on here. Oh, there's Wait. there's a few covers that are kind of like hentai related. That's what that reminds me of. <laughs> there's a Marvel cover he's... that's kind of like that that I own that has tentacles on the cover that got um <laughs> got a head head issues with it. This, this, this staggers the line, this cover does. But but it looks cool. And again, yeah. I want to talk about how much I love Luke's design in this era where he's wearing the all-black costume. He has, you know, the robotic arm that Palpatine did to him, you yeah. know, like adjusted it in the first Dark Empire series. And it's just like he looks very much like Vader, but with a green lightsaber. Yeah. And I love that about him. Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good uh, outfit for him. And this book starts off showing... Of the ship that Sala is on, their friend uh, Han Solo's friends trying to escape the Empire. I want to say, yeah, oh, they're trying to, yeah, they, uh, they're trying to infiltrate the Empire. Uh, they've got they've is got the, the droids. Yeah. Okay, is it like the Empire's like the Citadel from that they're trying to in, infiltrate? Yeah, they're trying to get to best of the Citadel world. So okay. it's the capital. They're infiltrating it, and they've got the they've got the rebels in their cargo holds, droids and stuff. So they. Okay. They're trying to infiltrate it, yeah. And this is when they drive by the Death Star. No, I mean, not the Death Star. The uh, Star Killer. No, not Star Killer. The, uh, what's it called, this one? This third time? I've the Galaxy Gun. Oh, okay. Thank you. Which is the Death Star or the Star Killer. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a combination of both of them together. It's a, for, it's a giant gun that's <laughs> in space that shoots 
a bullet that goes into hyperspace that has shield and then blows up. Yeah. So basically, it can basically it's like a one big smart launch, smart bomb launcher. Yes. Now, if it's in space, do you need like a giant barrel like it has? I don't think you do because <laughs> basically just launch a projectile. <laughs> but it looks cooler that way. You have a giant it barrel. Does, it. it does look more like a gun. Yeah. But there's no need for it to be because it's in space. But who am I to argue <laughs> with the design? And then this is when you see Cedrus and Palpatine, I think, arguing, or he's telling him what his next mission, well, he's telling him the next mission about, again, all about crushing the rebel armies, and he wants to kill Luke, and all that yeah. other stuff. The Emperor doesn't want to kill Luke, he wants the Jedi alive. Oh, never mind. Um, but Cedrus says, all right, let's kill Luke, let's get it over with, but he's like, no. <laughs> That's what uh, I want. He wants, he wants Cedrus to follow, he has a probe droid following them, and then he wants them to if that doesn't get him, he wants Cedrus to go after them himself. Like he wants, he wants Cedrus to go and get bring him Luke. So we see the planet Ossus, which is the lost Jedi world that uh, Cam and Luke have arrived at, and it's kind of like a derelict world. It's like a ruined world, and it reminds me a little bit of Alien. Like there's all these like old objects and stuff there that yeah. nobody has any, nobody knows about. There's old frescoes and things. It does have a very alien vibe, and you have giant, like, old ruins of cities and stuff. It, right. Yeah, I can definitely see that. This is when you see the two people that are tied up to a tree, which... Yeah. Did they ever explain why they're tied up to that tree? I don't think so. I think it could have been part of, like, a like an initiation ritual or something. Maybe. Okay. That's what my that's what my guess is, but I forget if they explain it. And this so. is when they, they can't understand what they're saying either at first, because their language yeah. is different. Yeah, the inhabitants are speaking... The local language and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't render in what they call basic or English for us. It wasn't Darmok and Jalad at Tanangra. <laughs> that's that's Star Trek. That's a whole nother. <laughs> although we do get into some Star Trek and things later, but we'll get there. That's all I think going over. I see stuff where you can't like where the people can't <laughs> read it. And I just think of that, that that episode of Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, that's when, that's one, when the, that's one when of the classic ones. Something when the walls fall, fell, like, you know, when you talk some metaphors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love and, th- and then when they escape, again, it has more of the alien vibe because the, the, he cuts free the two people and they run off from the tree and you have a bunch of these soldiers come. And the, just the way they look in one of these panels just remind me of aliens with the helmets and the guns and they're shooting. It just I got that. Yeah. vibe. Yeah, that definitely is part of it. They do look like kind of like the Marines from aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and try to find use... out they're all they're all Jedi. They all have Jedi energy or the force yeah. in them. Yeah, they try to use like force sorcery on them, but. They're so unskilled that, you know, Luke and Cam are not affected by it. So they're just like, these people are very easy to block. They need some more training and they do well. And then, so like the shaman of the, of these people like realizes that they're Jedi and like they start saying, oh, you're Jedi, you're Jedi. He hugs them and he like kind of welcomes them in <laughs> and he accepts them finally instead of attacking them. But that's when the Imperials arrive. This is a good scene of like the Cedrus and the and the other one of the other yeah. dark fighters it doesn't matter because he he's dead soon they right. show up and you have the these people on the on the planet fighting the stormtroopers and cam and luke just wiping out stormtroopers and it's just right you only get one panel of them fighting but still i just love i love when luke's being a badass at this yeah. i love this luke this time frame of luke yeah it's like it's like red and black and you just see like a silhouette but luke is like just slicing through people yeah, because yeah. he's so damn powerful at this point, and I, that's what upsets me somewhat. Last Jedi is I wanted a powerful Luke, not a pacifist Luke. Ah, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's what you got the Mandalorian for. Yes, yes. That's why there's an episode about that. Go check that out. And I, this is when you see Cedrus and Solzar come rushing at Luke and Cam, and they both fight each other. And mm-hmm. I like how he, like, he pretty much beat. I mean, they kill Cam, kills the other guy. Solzar again. All these dark siders really suck. Like they all go down so quickly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they got the remedial training, I guess. He was too busy infusing them with the dark side to teach them how to fight. <laughs> and part of that, I'm sure, is like you have to give them villains to kill. But it's like maybe maybe they could put up a bit more of a fight. More um, than one panel. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, Cedric goes down and he, he's by the big tree that the kids were tied up by to earlier. And so he's like, you can never defeat the emperor. You know, you should join the emperor like me if you're smart. Otherwise, he's going to destroy you. And then he takes uh, the girl hostage. and. You know, he's prepared to say, you let me go or let me go to my ship or else, you know, this girl dies or whatever. And then all of a sudden the tree starts talking. <laughs> and, this threw me for a loop. Yeah, it's like, what's going on? The tree is a living ancient being. It's like a big Deku shrub or, you know, <laughs> or an ant. It's an ant Deku shrub. Um, and it's. He's a Jedi and he's like, he wraps his tentacles around Cedrus and he's like, I am an ancient Jedi and he get back Skywalker. The evil one is trying to kill me, but I'm a greater master of the force than he. And so they Luke grabs the girl away and the tree kind of like starts sizzling with electricity and then a big explosion. It destroys itself and Cedrus. And there's cool. And this is also the, the tree was the one that made the holocron that he, that Palpatine had. Right, the Dark yeah. Empire one, and then yeah. when the tree dies, there's a, there's an uncomfortable scene where the girl who they say earlier is only 16 years old, <laughs> which we're going to get to shortly, falls on falls on Luke, and there's a little scene where they're looking at each other, and they say some, you know, he's her teacher, and then where the tree died, they found a whole cache of lightsabers down below. Yeah, and now there's four Jedi. Except I wouldn't really consider these Jedi to be younglings, but hey, sure, we'll go with they're younglings in the old term, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's a great scene. And it's a it's not really explained away, just as supposed to take it as fact. And, you know, part of me is like, I want to know what's going on. Part of me is also like, I don't really care. It's like, it's still a mystery. Like, I'm fine with it being a mystery about what what this big tree is doing. Dying, mm-hmm. apparently, because the tree Dying. lasted like four pages. <laughs> but a thousand mm-hmm. years, he was a thousand years old. Yes, until I got into a fight with one with one dark Jedi, one Sith, and it's over. That's what happens. A lightsaber. We got to blow on up. to the <laughs> these comics. They got to keep moving. They don't have time to talk about tree Jedi. And then this, the fourth issue has another cover that I'm just like, where it's Han Solo on one side, Boba Fett on the other, and Slave one in the middle, and I'm just like, oh, more Boba. Yeah, Fett. it's everything you want in a Boba Fett comic. I just I love Boba Fett, and I think that's another thing I was so interesting about this book for me was there is a lot of Boba Fett. I mean, yeah. the, the book doesn't. This issue doesn't open Boba Fett. It opens up with. Lando and all the rebels are hidden inside the mechs that we saw earlier that are on these rebel cruisers being taken past the galaxy gun yeah. to oh God. What the hell is it? This right? Is that Bis, the sanctuary? This, the Citadel. Yeah. This okay. is the Citadel. World, yeah. This is when Paul Patine is talking about how his clone is dying and that he's the people that are working for him are idiots and stuff. Yeah. He's he's supervising the uh, galaxy guns construction. Oh, it's not finished yet, is it? Yeah, it's not finished. One was one of his weapons is not finished. They built all these other things, but they didn't build this one. <laughs> and he, uh, so uh, he doesn't know about the infiltration. He's just like he will. He's like kind of promoting his dark Jedi because all the other ones have died. He's like, you guys will be my second in command. 
and <laughs> they look very serious and there's a big burst of energy that the a great disturbance in the force that's felt throughout the galaxy because he's because he releases such a big burst and Luke and Cam feel that on the planet of Asus. And in the planet, they're taken to some old Jedi temple and shown a bunch yeah. of artifacts. And then this is when he tells the elder he's taking these. I think it's a. I think the one guy is like what? what the girl's sixteen. I think the guy's like twelve or something or fourteen. They say their um, ages at one point in this book. Yeah, somewhere in there. It's he's young. They're young, yeah. And and then it kind of cuts back and forth. You have Han Solo where he's trying to he's being attacked by Boba Fett, and then he flies yeah. into a gas cloud to escape Boba Fett. Yeah, and then Millie Falcon is hit bad. This is a weird turn where they go through this gas call that nobody's been through ever before. Yeah, Uncharted space where no Falcon has gone before. And they end up finding like a, a, a steampunk version of right. space where the guy's yeah. in a giant spaceship controlled by steam. Yeah, it's a very I think this is a very Star Trekian thing um, mm-hmm. where it's like a, a hidden race of people who are are cut off from the galaxy with no technology. And it's kind of like also kind of like Jules Verne. I think it's a little bit like 20,000 leagues under the sea where you have that kind of insane captain who was living against the world, living <laughs> the air charted part of the world. Um, so that's part of what inspired it. I'm sure. But yes, right. it's, it's not very, it's like the least star Wars part of this series <laughs> is going here. Yeah. And I think they were originally going to kill them. Weren't they like the people that they take them prisoner? They didn't yeah, plan to let them leave. They didn't want to kill them until um, their king learns that they're Jedi there. Okay, um, this is a weird. So their king is a guy in a little in a metal suit with no legs, no yeah. arm, just a, just a face with a nose. And who was a Jedi? You find out. Yeah, you, you found out not only was a Jedi, he was a Jedi that was attacked by Vader. Um, he was tried to be wiped out by Vader, but he survived by having his suit encased in this pressure suit. Um <laughs> And yeah, and so he also and he is so out of touch that he doesn't know anything about the galaxy. He's like, Vader must be a great lore writer by now. He must rule many systems. And Han's like, you have been out of touch, haven't you? And his name is uh, Brand. I don't know his, Brand? his first okay. name. Who who can pronounce that? King Brand. <laughs> OK, I, I was like, I just I, I'm told I'm like, I can't say that. And for Joe Jazz. And then he joins them. Right. And it also cuts back to the rebels who are now unloading all their mechs on Abyss. Ooh. And then they finally like, burst through and just start taking out everybody. They just start taking out yeah. all the stormtroopers, all them, every, all the armors. Everything's getting ma- massacred by these mechs. That's a great scene. That's great. It really it's like you got lots of battles. You got they're firing. At, they're firing at everything at these mechs, but nothing's working because they've got all this advanced armor. And the Imperials are talking to the Emperor. And the Emperor's like, I'm not going down there. You deal with this. It's like, it's not like the Emperor. Yeah, it's like he's like the last. This is the last thing I need. I have lots of things going on. You handle this stuff. I need to go abduct the baby. Damn it! Got time <laughs> yes. for this. So they're like, okay, well, we'll think of something else to do. And they have a surprise coming. But the you know the rebels are getting closer and closer. And there's a great scene where they're over this moat, and like you see the rebels, like they are looking at these bug-like mechs, and they're approaching the capital. You see the walkers there, and it's a great like panel. It's a great action panel. I think it's a good issue. Yeah. And they get close to close. Things are falling to the moat. They're going over this big bridge. And Emperor's like, release the you know, chrysalids as they ordered. They're dark side creatures. And they're like, all right, sir. you like, what are the chrysalids? But you'll find out. Because they come up from these tubes from the moat. 
and they're like giant dark side rancors, I guess you could describe them as. Monsters yeah. bred for war. They're weird to me. Like they're on the cover of the fourth of the fifth issue. Yeah. Where you see Lando and C-3PO and R2D2 because they're on they're also in the mechs and you see a giant rancor. I don't right, yeah. understand what's special about these other than they're infused with the dark side. Right. A lot of things in this series are infused with the dark side. Which, <laughs> that's all they sell you about them. Like, and these things just mess up these mechs. These, all, the thing about these mechs is they're able to, you know, deflect the blast. And the same thing like the Borg. You know, when you shoot the Borg with a regular gun, they can't handle the projectiles. Same thing as these mechs can't handle the Rancors ripping their arms off and eating Right. Them. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's 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 Sala, Han Solo's friend, who then teams up with a bunch of, like, riffraff in a cantina, and they go yeah. take some ships and drive off. And, and they're the ones that save Lando and what's left of the Rebels. Yeah. They, they, these Rancors are... Uh... Not impervious to, you know, laser blasts. So they just start shooting at them and they start blowing away. There's a great scene where one kind of hangs on to the side of the ship as they, after they rescued everyone, that's lifting them off. And R2 just comes up and 3 people's like, oh no, he'll be killed for certain. But <laughs> R2 just stabs him with the, with his little needle and the Rancor falls into a turbo laser and destroyed. And this is when they flee. Yeah. The- they flee back to the rebel base and you have Han Solo who's in the Millennium Falcons getting enhanced with new old technology at this right. gas cloud town. And this is when they then leave with the guy, the floating cyborg guy, Brant. So now I have another right. Jedi has joined them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they leave the gas cloud, this is when Boba Fett attacks them, but they shoot Boba Fett with a new weapon. And then that's the end of yeah. Boba Fett in this comic. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of spirals off and they're like, will we ever see him again? And I guess I'm going to miss it, but. You never, you never have with Boba Fett. He could be dead. He could be not dead. I'm sure there's other comics or books where he comes back after this. Yeah, that's not the end of him. But for this series, it yeah, is. Yeah, he's out of this series. And and then at, this is when Han Solo is then heading to New Alderaan to go see the twins, the two kids they have, which are on the, hidden on this planet. They only see them right. like once a year or something, they say. Yeah, because uh, there's a planet that no one knows about. It's not on any maps. It's where they've hidden the Jedi children from the Empire. And um, were the kids born during the Era of the Empire trilogy? Yeah. Okay. That's where they, that's when they come from. I think okay. uh, Jason and Jaina, I think their names are. Yeah. They're from the they're from those books, yeah. Okay, I've I've listened to the first book of the audiobook at one point. I remember nothing, but I know I listened to it. Yeah. These kids are I mean, they're the kids from there and, and I think they're just they were really young then and they're really young here, so Yeah, only and then and then it jumped and then it jumps back to the ship and Luke's trying to train the new Jedi and he uses that little yeah. cube, that little, you know, circuit sphere thing that he used in the first movie and he's getting too close. Okay, this is the scene that this he's a little too close to one of these girls, the 16 year old girl. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes love is strengthened by a sensitivity to the energy, blah, blah, blah. That's what, that's what the text says. The, the text should say, you're 16. No, thank you. <laughs> Luke uh, is. 35. <laughs> Too much. I, I was like, no, 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 I don't like this. You're taking one of my favorite characters. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward. Also, where the fuck is Mary Jane? Where's his wife? <laughs> she had not been invented at this time. <laughs> <laughs> She's an heir of the Empire, right? And that's... I forget when she first appears. She might be in that series. I thought she... I'm pretty sure she's in that series, which, again, didn't happen she's... yet, but it happened, you know, time-wise. Yeah. I guess she's, I don't, I forget, I forget if they were, yeah, she was in them, but I forget if they were, were they at item then? I think they were still enemies, I think, at that point. <sighs> but I, I could be hazy. I'm sure their real real fans are screaming at the podcast right now. 
telling us. <laughs> Apparently, they realized in 19 ABY, but I forgot what ABY stands for. After Battle of Yavin. So, okay, nine. this would have been nine years after where we're at right now, because it's ten years after the Battle of Yavin. Sure, yeah. Okay, so, okay. All right, I'm a little better now. Still not okay what he's doing, but I'll take it. And again, when when I saw him, like, kissing her, I mean, maybe he's only hugging her, but still getting a little too close to her. I'm like, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> They're going to kill her off. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to think there's some romantic stuff going on, so I couldn't. you know she's dead. When, when it said she, if it wouldn't have said her age, I would have been okay. And they were just like, she's younger. Okay, she could be 20. She's 19. Okay, no, no problem. Right. I'll, I'll accept it. When you tell me she's 16 and you have him kissing her, I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> And then you see Han Solo and Leia with the kids and they're holding yeah. the kids and Luke is done being a pedophile and he's flying with Cam. <laughs> I really didn't like this. And this is when they're, they're heading back to the moon, the rebel base, and they see it. Get, they see the shell fly by them. They're like, what is that? And then it hits the moon and blows up the moon. And they think the rebels are all dead. Right. Yeah. It's another great image. Another good panel. Very, very evocative. God, this was issue five. So this is one issue away from the end of this. Yeah. Run. Yeah, we're and, getting towards the end there. And this last issue, I want to talk about the cover again, like I, I do. Also, the artist that did the books is not the same artist as the covers. That's why they're right. so different. This yeah. cover has Luke and the Leia, Han Solo wearing his like looks like he's an Endor. Yeah. Uh, Lando, Chewie, Chewbacca. I mean, every, like it has a whole team. It just looks. It's a cool, badass cover. Yeah, it's definitely an action cover. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like seeing like it shows the kids playing with with Chewbacca and stuff where Han Solo in the first yeah. part of this issue. And you have the stupid floating Jedi is there. <laughs> That's what and, you're going to call him from now on. Mm-hmm, he's an idiot. And this is when <laughs> they see a shell is heading to New Alderaan because somebody betrayed them and told them where they or they track. I don't remember what the details were, but somebody betrayed them. Yeah. And they're now attacking New Alderaan to kill them. And it, and it also flips back to where the Emperor is doing where he's at this castle on some random planet, which was supposed to be Vader's castle. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're torturing the, a pilot. Yeah. betrays him. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like this scene cause it's like the, the castle is very Darth Vader ish before there was Mustafar. There was this castle. So they had invented the idea of Vader having like a retreat where he had all the stuff and there's a big statue of Vader there. And... There's a whole comic series that talks about it, but that's way, way later. Okay. Well, it's yeah, it's a cool it's a cool little scene, a few pages of them here. And then the they learn the location of New Alderaan and the Emperor's like talks his dark side people and like go and find him, get him, get the ch- get the children for us. Yeah, even though he only really wants a new baby for some reason. Well, yeah, Is that more in the second book. It's more in the second book, but you don't know why. I guess you okay. don't really know why for this one. But they want the children, mm-hmm. I think, just to. Like mold them into the dark side. I think that's the okay. main purpose. Right? Okay, and this is when so Luke and them are on New Alderaan, and they're talking about how they got to go stop the Empire and right. or stop the Emperor. And this is when he kisses the he kisses her. <laughs> their and here's the here's the caption: Their hearts bright with waves of unexpected happiness. The two Jedi become oblivious to everything around them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not okay with this. I mean, they fix it for me real quick. But this is when. So Luke is sleeping and Luke gets thinks he's in the movie Mummy and gets attacked by a bunch of beetles, <laughs> little like robotic beetles that try, that poison him. Yeah. Is it Mummy that has that? Or I think it was. Yeah, that has the scarab beetles. OK. Yeah. Isn't there a Bond movie where he has some bugs that come in and kill him or something? I try to kill him. And Dr. No, okay. he suddenly breathes the tarantula into his bed. Um, the tarantula wouldn't kill you. Well, in the 60s, they didn't know that they were very dumb. <laughs> so. 
That's a good movie, by the way. Well, Dr. In um in Attack of the Clones too, they released like a little centipede into what's her name Padme's room. You know, oh, yeah. in the very beginning, they try yeah. to kill her while she's sleeping, and then they the good go. part of that terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good scenes at the beginning. Yeah, it gets bad when you let An- when you start letting Anakin talk too much. When George Lucas started writing, like, hmm, this is how a couple sounds like when they're in love. This is how I talk to my wife. Wife, you're as soft. Unlike a desert. A desert's rough, but you're soft. Yeah, he must have. That does well. Yeah. All right. So back to what we're talking about. I, I like how Luke almost dies. It's like he's having a nightmare and then he pretty much yeah. gets poisoned and he's going to die. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you think he would have realized that he was being attacked by scarabs, but, you know, at the same yeah. time he's being attacked by scarabs, the Dark Siders have made it all the way to his bedroom. Just to get killed by the the Jedi apprentices, even though and this one they killed a girl too. Like they both get killed. I think yeah. Leia kills one of them. Yeah, Leia kills one. The girl kills one, and then she dies, which is good. Yeah, she, she needs to die. <laughs> and then they're they're a bunch of yeah. Oh, gem, poor gem. And then the bunch of dark siders come, and it's kind of like uh, you know Skyfall or something, where all the villains are converging on this little house <laughs> in the in the wilderness, and they they you know they. All these dark side people, you know, they're defeated very easily. Oh, yeah. And they, they pretty much, like, om- they kill the girl. They almost kill Luke. But then that yeah. Jedi that they rescued early, like the old, the crazy lady ends up saving Luke because she had Jedi healing. St- she's able to Jedi healing. Yeah, exactly. And then at the same time, you have a bunch of Imperial walkers that are attacking it, too. Yeah. And you have, like, like one in one scene, the, the dark siders take the, take the two kids. And then in one panel, in the very next panel, the kids are being taken away. They're being murdered. The dark side is being murdered. Like, I mean, what the? Right. They just kill these guys too easily. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's. I feel like they could have done better with fewer. They could have done with fewer dark side people and made it kind of more dramatic. Like, have them it'd be more of a threat. Instead, there's like 15 of these guys. Yeah. And it's like, where is he coming from? Give it. Give them like four guys and kill them. Kill them. You know every few issues or whatever. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe we'd make it a little bit more dramatic. And this also surprised me. This book kind of just ends without anything really happening. Like they, they, they fight back the dark siders. They kill them all. Yeah. They go to some new city where the rebels are making their base. Cause they escaped from the empire that was fighting them on that planet. And, you know, they find out that Mon Mothma and Acrobar that they survived when they thought everybody was dead when the planet blew up. And then the book just kind of ends. Yeah. It, it definitely seems like it was meant to, set up another book instead of it does end in a sense where like they free them you know they defeat the imperials on the planet but yeah it kind of just ends with a fizzle the other one the first book ended with like the emperor getting subsumed in a big cloud of the forest or whatever yeah, it's kind I mean, of a dramatic a big, way big ending and then that wraps up dark empire 2 and then we're going to yeah. talk about the final part of this trilogy which came out uh, star wars empires and which i want to say it came out in 1995 in October. Yeah, here's just how rushed it was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the dates. It was Dark Empire. The last Dark Empire was May 95, and then this one came out October and November of 1995. So basically, they had a summer to do this issue, which to me is just weird because like Dark Empire one and two, there's a year in between them, and this yeah. is only two issues. So do you yeah. know why this is so short? Well, here's the thing. So an interview with Tom, Tom, I think it's Tom Veit, the art, the, the writer of these. So I was reading online and what happened was, so they, they wanted to do a book in between one and two. They wanted to do like a novella or an illustrated novella that had, that talked about Cam and talked about Cedrus and talked about the Darksiders. But there was, 
But apparently there was problems with the contract to that. So Cam Kennedy, the artist, quit after the second one and said, we're not going to because if, if I can't do that one, then I'm not going to do a third book. So he quit and they had to scramble to get a new artist for the second one. And I think Tom Veit said, in fact, that it was rushed. And they wanted to capitalize on the hype of it and they wanted to end it so really soon after that. And I think there's probably more to it, but for what I could gather, it was just they acknowledged that it was very rushed to go. And it was probably due to like contracting and legal stuff, and that's why. Yeah, it just it just feels so weird that you have the first two parts or six series and this is just two issues. Yeah. And I don't know why it's so there's a lot left up in the open at this point. Yeah. And the art is so different that it ha- everything has more color. It's not just like subdued to like one color per page type of thing now. It's more like a normal comic. Yeah, it's, it's artsy, definitely more It's a little artsy, but it's it tries to do some of the stuff of with the colors and everything, but it's not watercolor. And I don't like the artists as much. The faces are not as dramatic. The faces look much more cartoony in a lot of these people. Yeah, especially the emperor. And I don't like the emperor in this. I don't like this art either. I I, I yeah. prefer the other book. Yeah, I it's like just a big better, drop. But... Yeah, it looks more like a regular comic, but it's a huge drop off. Like Cam Kennedy was a very talented artist and he could do, you know, for the men, at least we'll say that he do good faces. And I think this artist is many steps below him. Yeah, it's just not as good. And this book is just not as good either. It it you, It feels so rushed, like it starts off talking about the Osis planet and how the, the the elders there are upset that they found out that one of their yeah. people is dead and then it cuts back to what the rebels are doing where the rebels are all like hiding around on different on like a like a big ship has most of their fleet and, yeah. and then I think their whole fleet even gets wiped out by a, or yeah. almost gets wiped out by a missile their whole fleet well part of it the rebel troop ship gets destroyed by the galaxy gun projectile okay uh, which from the first book destroyed Rebel New Alderaan. This one destroys the troop ship of the Empire. The Emperor is very glad about that. And but he's like he wants to keep firing. They want to fire at he says there will be no more demonstrations, it's time to end this war. And about this time you learn that his Empress physician is trying to tell him to please control yourself. You're not doing well. And like all evil people, he's like, No, I don't care, doctor. I must keep going. So you get the sense that something's gone wrong with him. Okay, so it isn't until Empire's End that they talk about it. And yeah. To me, it's just like, again, one of the special things about the galaxy guns, it could destroy a planet, it could destroy a city, it could destroy a ship. So that was so special about it. It could destroy whatever yeah. you needed to destroy. It's not just, even though I think Death Star is still better, but hey. Yeah. I mean, it's like Starkiller Base in that it could destroy something from across the galaxy. It was a hyperspace weapon, basically. So it was supposed to be better than the Death Star. Like, a Death Star could only destroy something right in front of it, but... This one yeah, and you had to wait until it aimed and aimed right. and aimed. <laughs> but um, you know, this was criticized, I know, for kind of saying every Star Wars comic had to have a super weapon that, you know, it would be the big thing that would get blown up. And then there'd be they did it in the books a few times. So there was another super weapon that would get blown up after being touted as this huge problem. And it's like many people wanted something new. Star Wars. It's like, let's not see a new weapon each comic or each book. Let's see something else with this thing. Yeah, you don't, I don't think you need that all the time, but yeah, I'm not surprised. So, um, the Rebels are on this spaceport called Nespis, uh, you know, 8, and 
which is from like ancient city or yeah. something from the Sith. They keep talking about the Sith War in this off and on, and I think in this book is especially. Yeah, they do. They talk about it a little bit in the other in the other book, but they do talk about it here too. They don't really explain it. I think at this time there were other comics that were talking about that. Because um, the so Sith I think War to that. is is a comic series too, right? The yeah. Great Sith War or something. Yeah, and there were that's in there. I think there was who was there called XR Kuhn or something who had the double lightsaber. I think he was the big villain of that, and that was all like four thousand years before you know Luke Skywalker or whatever. But I never I never really read those, so I can't speak to what okay. those are about. I know they're related. They are what they're talking about here. Okay, and this is where you find out like that one of the workers on the Millennium Falcon for the Rebels is actually a spy and was the yeah. one to train them to the Empire, and then. The Empire sends a shell from the galaxy yeah. gun to Nespis, but the, the shell doesn't explode. It's a dud. Yeah. So there, Here, I guess the timer's off. Yeah. And I I was always disappointed in that. I felt like, you know, Luke or something should have. I felt like you, Luke should have used his force powers to, like, disarm the weapon or something, like, just barely. Instead of it being just, oh, it was just a malfunctioning one. Like, how... <laughs> How coincidental is that? They just happened to fire the, the bad one. one at Luke. Yeah. Let's, like, and let's then, have Luke. Let's just so Luke, like, raise his arm and, like, turn off the timing switch or something. Something versus just, like you said, a dud. So then they get <laughs> enough time to escape before the Empire shoots another one that then does blow up and right. destroys the city as they're escaping. Yeah. It doesn't. It's just a happy accident. It's not the forest. Like, I want our heroes to actually have some agency here. So, yeah. Yeah, not just. It, we got lucky. And this yeah. is when you see the Eclipse 2, I think it is, because the Eclipse 1 was in Dark Empire, and that got destroyed on, right. in the last panel. When it just yeah, so, so they go to the Emperor, Emperor shifts another projectile, and Emperor's, like, thinks everything's fine, but he knows, it says here that he knows that uh, if he dies, he'll go to the dark side of perpetual madness. It's a fate Papaltine wants to postpone at all costs, which I didn't really talk about in the other ones, it just... I guess if you die, you'll be in permanent madness if you if you believe in the dark side or something. Anyway, he has a giant star destroyer called Eclipse Two, which is he's built another gigantic super weapon, which must be very expensive to build this <laughs> giant machine. And at, and uh, and at the same time, they showed that. Then it shows Luke. I guess the the rebels make the choice that well, Luke goes on his own. He attacks Vader's castle where he can right. sense the Palpatine is. Yeah. I think somebody go. This is where him, the Jedi, Cam, they all go. The little floating Jedi, Brannard, yeah. brain. He goes. This is when you see the statue of Vader that he ends up throwing on a person. Yeah, they use it to crush the dark side adepts in it. And they kill these guys so easily. <laughs> yes. And there's so many of them, and they die so easily, which I think is a is a minus. And then they find out that the elders that were taken were like frozen in kryptonite and killed. Yeah, carbonite. Oh, carbonate. Oh, <laughs> wrong stone. Wrong universe. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember if they're dead or they're just or he just can't free them. I don't remember. They can't they can't free them. There's no control panels, they say. Oh, I so see. They never they never resolve it either. So they never say, Oh, you got them frozen at the end. They just kinda leave them there. And should we say how the second cover makes no sense really no sense? Because all the so the second cover Empire's in the the last of the series is Palpatine on, on the cover, a bad looking Palpatine. And royal guards in the background that have not showed up all previous 13 issues. Yeah, they're not even in this issue. So it's just like, I Why wonder. On the cover? Yeah, it's so weird. It's so rushed. And I, that's what bothers me, because it's like this should have been at least four issues, not just two. And you can just 
feel the rushness in this comic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this should have been six issues. This should not always, have been two. That's always my problem with this series. It, it, I think the first two issues are very, the first two, you know, books are very strong, but then it just kind of fizzles out and it's very unfortunate. It should have had a much better ending. Yeah, because it's just not, it's not enough. And you can tell they didn't know what to do. Because they have to kill the Emperor. I mean, you kill the Emperor in the first book, and then you bring him back in the second book, you have to wrap it up. Yeah. And they just, they're like, well, we, we'll, we'll give you two issues. Right, yeah. <laughs> to wrap up it's, this complex story. And, and the second so issue important. starts off with Palpatine at, like, the Sith, on the Sith planet. Yeah. It's the same one that's then Korriban. That, that was made canon in Rise of Skywalker, right? It kind of. Um in they call it something else, but it's the same deal. Like it's okay. it's like Moribon or something. It's like so similar. They just changed like one letter. I know you go to one of the, you go to a cis planet also in Kotor, and I thought that was Korriban, but it's been a I, long time. Since I think Kotor. in Kotor because that was the old canon, so I think it's Korriban in that planet in that game. Yep, um, it is. Yeah, and so this was the first thing to design it. It's it's a cool scene. It's only a few pages, but it's like the tombs of the uh, tombs of the Sith. Like it's very creepy. And Sith it's dogs. Good. Don't forget the Sith dogs next to in the tombs. Yeah, the Sith dogs are there. Like, that's creepy too. You and know, the, the dead are talking to him, and then the, oh, this is when the dead tell him he has to inhabit Anakin Skywalker, who's a baby. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's so stupid. Okay, because originally <laughs> the reason he captured the elders because he was going to use their DNA to make a clone with Jedi DNA. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. But instead, he gets the wonderful idea that I'm going to capture a baby instead and going to inhabit a baby. Rosemary's baby style, and he tells his 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 dark siders that they have to protect him while he grows up. Even though that goes against everything in the Sith, if you are weak, you are crushed. They take over everything against the Sith. But you'll you'll you'll, you'll protect me and train. Yeah, you'll take care of me, right? While I grow up. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you how. Like I just didn't. I just thought about that now. Like that that goes against everything. Everything the Sith believe in. He needs. You know what he needs? He needs a droid. He should have had uh, a droid. Yeah, a droid, a droid would was... make sense because a droid wouldn't betray him. But right. the Sith are brought up, and everything is started with the Sith. If you are stronger than your master, you kill your master. Period. That's right. how this works. Yeah. <sighs> rush, rush, rush. And then it shows um, the old lady still alive, and it shows right. Leia, Han, and Anakin, their baby Anakin on the ship. And I think you see Palpatine like getting all like shocked or something. He's attacked by... Oh, this is when they talk about battle meditation, where Leia's trying to learn battle meditation, which is in the first KOTOR game. Yeah. And I, I like that the fact that they, they talk about that here and it shows her, I think, using battle meditation against Palpatine, which somehow shocks him or something. <laughs> I, somehow. I Again, it's too rushed. There should have been some. I think like the old Jedi tells her about oh, and all of a sudden she can do it. Like there should have been something else. And just what do we learn today? Leia? I taught you how to defeat the emperor that's been giving you trouble for the last 10 years. This is what you do. Right. You lay back, hold your baby, close your eyes and attack him with your mental powers. <sighs> OK, I, I just had to get that off. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree, I agree. And don't they take out... So is this... Okay, so the Millennium Falcon then is approaching Eclipse 2, and they're trying to suck right. him in with a tractor beam, and they just shoot missiles yeah. inside where they were, and then that takes them out. Wouldn't something stop that? Yeah, it doesn't, I guess. I mean, they shoot, shouldn't the missiles be deflected, too, by the tractor beam or whatever? Or something. You think that if you sucking in a ship, you you deactivate their power, not like, yeah, it's okay if they shoot us in. We're, 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 you know, we're just... Well, that's what happened in the Death Star. You know, they couldn't fire in the first movie, A New Hope, when they, they kind of just get sucked in. They can't use their power or whatever. But here, it's just it's just an action scene unnecessary. There's no reason for it to be here. Yeah. 
Other than it shows the Emperor killing an Imperial officer lightning and that's like the only reason it's it's stupid <laughs> but yeah. again it, it, it's everything with this book just feels so rushed like you have right. you have um them on some planet uh han solo and them getting their fixed ship or ship fixed wow i said that wrong in some great city that's never been mentioned before they're in there for repairs and then yeah. they leave right away and then they're on like do they look like any weird monsters that they're running off to hide in the woods or something yeah, it take they're like two panels and they're already they go to this planet on the first page and the next page they're already flying away. It's like what's what's going on here? And then they land on a big aircraft carrier yeah. and it's like the children are being sent away safely on this big animal and Han's going somewhere else. Or the Millennium Planet's going somewhere else. Which and makes um no sense. Then the rebels attack Eclipse too, um and very poorly drawn ships, I might add. I mean, the Y-Wing does not look like a Y-Wing, if you ask me. But they they fire on it, and you know, there's a big space battle. Uh, you know, they're watching it on the planet below. There's these winged creatures that are Which there. Is so weird, and again, so rushed. And you have Cam and Luke, and are attacking <laughs> the Eclipse Two to kill the Emperor. But then they find out the Emperor is not there, so then they go yeah. to the ground. Like there's just a the guy wing. in his chair, <laughs> and, then, and just like, like, why is this here? There should, and there could, again, it feels like there should be more issues expanding it. And again, you have another Darksiders that are still alive, and Luke kills them, or Leia kills them. They they die pretty quickly, and then yeah. Leia's whole guardian is just some random old, some random woman who's just at this little temple, and that's all. They bring this old guy. Oh, I, I need I need to see <laughs> that, that was, woman that you brought in. Yeah, that was hilarious. She was like, "This old man insists on meeting you. He seems so gentle and so kind. It's like you 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 death. Don't let him in." Like, is, this, the is, this a Disney, is this a Disney movie now? Like, <laughs> yeah, and she's wearing like a blue dress and a headband. It's like, what? And why would he Why would he just, you know, like, oh, he used the force movement. He would just kill her and kill the guards. <laughs> <He's>, they... <laughs> it's so <sighs> weird. It's it's such a weird turn. And he just turns into like a bumbling old man. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, no. In the other books, in the previous books, he was just so evil and so, so cunning and, you know. But this is just, he's just, yeah, he's like the Wicked Witch of the West or something, you know? I, I don't like it. I really, really don't <laughs> like it. And then he shocks, like, and, then, and he has these two followers with him, too, that are just, like, idiots. And then, like, she throws them back. He's like, curse you, Jedi. It's like, this is not yeah. Palpatine. And then he, he shocks her, and he shocks she, she, um, 3PO, who's holding the baby. The baby would be dead at this point. Right. And <laughs> then he grabs the baby from 3PO, and then the woman grabs the baby back from Palpatine. Yeah. The, the the floating Jedi guy shows up, gets shocked and almost killed by Palpatine because he got shot by the same electric blast that didn't kill the baby, but killed him, yeah. killed this guy. And the other like random Jedi that that who has no training, who joined, who joined Luke, cuts off one of the Darksiders hands again. No skill, right. no training whatsoever. But, you know, he can fight, gets yeah. killed by Palpatine by the same shock that hit the baby, it didn't kill the baby. And then Palpatine is too weak to go on. <laughs> I'm too weak. And Luke can't kill him because for some reason if Luke kills him, he'll become Palpatine, which I don't think works that way. Palpatine is trying to grab the baby and then Han Solo shoots Palpatine in the back. Right. That's and that's that's what does it. I mean that's all this because is leading up to just shooting him in the back. The whole thing is I guess if Luke kills him, like it does I mean I understand in certain aspects like in, in Rise of Skywalker, you have the whole scene where he, where he's like, Good, strike me down, use your hate. I mean, he's he's operated this whole scene of events to happen or like in 
you know, Return of the Jedi, use your hate, strike me down, Skywalker. You know, you know, he's he's manipulating him. This just an old man who says, if you kill me, you'll be just like me. There'll be two murderers. Like, this is not how it works. This is not Batman. This is not how it works. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the Mace Windu Anakin scene. He's like, no, it's not the Jedi way to kill him. But Mace Windu's like, no, I've got to kill him. And you're kind of like, you're kind of like, well, maybe you should, you can kill this one guy, I guess. He's, he's pretty much the baddest guy in the galaxy. So. And he has too much power. But, and then <laughs> after he gets shot, he ends up becoming a little ball of light and tries to attack the baby to go inside the baby, which again would not really solve anything because you're a baby and they're going to keep the baby <laughs> or they're going to kill the baby. If you're in it, like they're not going to, like you're not going to win. Right. So instead the weird Jedi in the cyborg body jumps in the way and he goes inside him. And then yeah. he uses his Jedi powers to defeat Palpatine and he, and he dies. Yeah. So when King Bran dies, he takes the spear of the Empire Emperor with him. And... That's how one of the greatest villains is killed. <laughs> First, he's shot in the back, and then he's killed by a floating Jedi guy. And I don't even understand what happens after here. So they're still fighting the Executioner too. I guess some of the rebels, like Chewie <laughs> Lando, had snuck in, and yeah. in one little area, they're able to change the hyperdrive and shoot the ship off somewhere. And then the ship crashes into the gun and destroys yeah, the gun. That's but what happens. Launch a missile, the missile blows up the Eclipse 2. Well, the missile, yeah, so R2 R2 sent the ship into hyperdrive. They didn't set this up at all. Uh, And it happens to hit exactly the galaxy gun, and the galaxy gun fires at that exact moment, and it hits the Imperial planet Bis, and it blows up the planet and the Eclipse at the same time. And the last page of the Millennium Falcon flying away, and it says, long live the New Republic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Chewie's saying that is just translating for us. And that's that's all we get. We just get the last thing is this planet exploding with probably millions dead. Can um, you say rush? And that's it. There's no like even celebration. There's no follow up or anything. No, it's just just the end. It's just stupid. I do have um, I don't know if you can see it, but in I have a trade paperback and it has like an epilogue there where it says um they established the new republic. The republic is reborn again by Mon Mothma. Coruscant becomes a seat, uh, and Vima Deboda uh, disappears mysteriously after the victory celebration. They suspect that she's gone to live with the Force, and then it's like Luke Skywalker has decided to set up the Jedi Academy to continue the work um, of the Jedi Knights. That's what the epilogue says. So. He gives a brief description that's like, well, we I guess we couldn't show that. You just had to tell us that. It's so stupid. <laughs> the end. That's the last. And it could have been so much better. Yes. And that's what bothers me is that like I really, I think I was a little warm on Dark Empire, but I really, really enjoyed Dark Empire 2. And then this Empire's right. End just, just like, bleh, just bleh, yeah, just bleh. that's all I got. It's terrible. It's. It leaves you a bad taste. And I agree. Yeah, it's not. And present is not a good. And it sucks because this is a good ending to a series and they just made it trash. Yeah. And it's for whatever it was. It must have been business forever. Business contractual reasons or whatever. They had to rush it. Money reasons. And it's just so dumb that that's what happened. And it doesn't deserve this kind of ending. No, it did not deserve what it gets. Yeah. So it's sad. But that's what we have to accept. Any last things that you want to say about this book before we go to Shelf Stacker Box? 
Uh, no, let's go right to it. Okay, I'll go first. We're going to put Dark Empire 2 as one item and then Empire's End as another item since sure. they are technically two different things. Uh, Dark Empire 2, it's going to go on the shelf. I, I came into the book because everyone's always told me before, this is stupid, this is the worst one, you're not, you know, this is, you know, Dark Empire is a good one, Dark Empire 2 is the bad one. And I wasn't super crazy about Dark Empire, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You so were. I was blown away by how much I enjoyed Dark Empire 2. So it's yeah. going on the shelf, and I'm really glad we read it. And Empire's End is going in the box because it's rushed, and it's garbage, and it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the story, but I would have... Couldn't they just wait and finish it up some other time? All they had to do was wait a little bit. Maybe they were trying to get Shadows of the Empire underway, but it's too bad. Yeah, so it's going in the box. What about you? I, I'm i with you. I, I think Dark Empire 2 is a worthy um, worthy successor. I put it on the shelf. I don't, don't like it as much as Dark Empire, but I do think it has solid, it has good action scenes, and it has that same you know wonderful art that I love. Empires, and on the other hand, put it in a dusky, dusty box and you know look at it once for completed sake, but don't ever look at it again. <laughs> It, the art is terrible, the storyline is rushed and terrible, and then the characters make any good decisions other than the Sith planet. I don't know there's much redeeming value it has in any sense. So, yeah, box it is. Okay. That's about what I expected. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that wraps up everything we need to say about this. But if you still are in the Star Wars kick and you want to hear us talk about more Star Wars, definitely check out Star Wars Dark Empire comic that we that we did before. You can find it in the I don't, it's not published at the moment of this recording, so I can't think what comic episode it is, but it's in there. I think it's yeah. probably like 28. So I think go read that or listen to that. And then we also did Star Wars Force Release 115, Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2, TV 1, Star Wars Bounty Hunter Episode 87, Star Wars Nice The Old Republic Part 1 and 2, Episode 69, Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, which talks about his castle and is part of the Disney canon, comic Episode 6, Star Wars Shadow of the Empire, Episode 48. Star Wars Holiday Special, Film 6, Star Wars Republic Commando, Episode 21, and our first Star Wars episode ever on the show, Star Wars Dark Forces, Episode 13. Oh, great episode. Got a lot of Star Wars stuff, actually, and we're getting more, which is nice. Yeah. We need more. I really should do the movies one day to add to my whole list of, of stuff. but <laughs> you, should. you should. One day. It's going to happen, because I, I, I want to, but these comics are so tempting, because <laughs> it's all brand new information for me. So. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the show, we have a Patreon for a little as a dollar a month. You can vote in our Patreon poll that we have each month. And also for $10 a month, I will promote your podcast or YouTube channel four times in the month. So definitely head on to our Patreon and take a look at what we offer and we can help each other out. And also want to give a oh, and Peter, where can people find your book at? Search for the Fifth Civilization on Amazon. That's the easiest way to find it. You can buy the Fifth Civilization in Kindle form or in paperback form, just like an old fashioned book. Paperback, no. <laughs> no paperback writer. Paperback writer. <laughs> and there will be a link in the show notes to his book you can buy yeah. on Amazon. And I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Sony from ZP Bite the Boot, Song of the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely go check him out. You see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And I want to give a shout out to our uh, friend of the show, Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast earlier this year called Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go check that out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. You can follow us all on those different things. And please go check out our huge backlog of episodes that we have done over the course of almost three years. <laughs> so definitely go check all that out. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.